Welcome to Zaslow Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna John Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Monday, the 8th of January. Good to have you aboard, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and presented as always by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3-800-747-3733. And of course, there is so much to get to today. Obviously, we're downtrodden. I mean, I, I know I've already got messages this morning. Zaslow, help me out here. You got to pick me up. I feel terrible. I'm, I'm down after yesterday. We're all down after yesterday. I'm not going to be able to make you, any feel, make you feel any better. I'm not a miracle worker, all right? We got to be honest with what happened yesterday. And it was, look, it, it was, is, is the team in a good place overall? Yes, of course, because they're, they're playing competitive football to the place where if they lose these games, you feel terrible. Past years, the, the season ends, you lose that game. Uh, okay, we, we already knew we suck. So there is there is a silver lining in being so crushed with yesterday's loss. And it means we're playing meaningful games. And if we're playing meaningful games, that is, a f- that is far, far different from what we've been used to really for the last 20 years. But what comes with that is losses like yesterday hurt like a son of a bitch. So I'm not going to be able to make you feel much better today. Yesterday was... I mean, it's one of the worst losses the team has had in many, many years. You got to be honest. Look, NFL playoffs, they're here. NBA season is in full swing. Bet Online has you covered with all the up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So a little bit of house cleaning first before we get to all the important stuff. Last night, every Sunday night, and we we hit you with the live stream right in that sweet spot of after the 4 p.m. games end and before the 8 p.m. game starts. So 7 
<coughs> excuse me, 7 to 8 p.m. We got the live stream of It's Still Real to Me, where my wrestling podcast, and we catch up on everything in the world of pro wrestling. So if you didn't catch the live stream, please go listen to the podcast. You can always go to youtube.com slash show and rewatch it. But you can also listen, of course, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you're listening to us right now, Zazlo Show 2.0, you get it still real to me as well. And we, we recapped this past week last night, which included, of course, The Rock returning last week and challenging Roman Reigns to be the head of the table. Great episode last night. Was hoping to get you fired up. In between, uh, you know, right before the Dolphin game started. So I hope you enjoyed that. Obviously, a Dolphin game didn't go the way that we wanted to. Also, thanks to anyone who listened to me yesterday. I hosted ESPN Radio NFL Game Day again yesterday. I think it was like the sixth time maybe I've done it. So six times out of 18 weeks. That's that's pretty fucking cool. Yesterday, again, me and the coach Herm Edwards. He's super nice to me. Uh, the show is fun. It was from 1 to 5 yesterday. Like I said, I've done it, I I think, a half dozen times this year. And I've really enjoyed my time on ESPN Radio. And the the great thing is, uh, without getting into too much detail, I'm going to be doing a lot more on ESPN Radio coming up. Things are are really good there. And and like I said, if you've been listening, I really appreciate it. You get to hear... It's totally different from Zaslow Show 2.0. And while I just said... I'm going, things are going in a good direction there, and I'm, you're going to be hearing me a lot more on ESPN Radio, which is really great. But make no mistake about it, Zaslow Show 2.0 is not going anywhere. If anything, that gets stronger. I'm never not going to do local Miami sports talk. I'm never, ever not going to do that. So now I'm in a place where I got Zaslow Show 2.0. We're going to continue pumping it out every day, Monday through Friday. Maybe bonus episodes here and there. I can't predict the future. I don't know. And you're going to hear me a lot more now, starting like now, on, on ESPN Radio doing national shows. So I get to do both, which is is the flexibility. While it was obviously scary when I was let go from 790 The Ticket uh, a little more than a year ago now, 15, 15 months now, I think. While, while that was obviously scary, one of the benefits is I, I get to do multiple things. I get to, you know, have my hands in, in a few different pots, if you will. So, I, and I like that. I like being able to do a bunch of different things. And I like having control of my schedule, which I do. So, we're heading in a great direction. And obviously, I got to thank all of you guys, listeners. And of course, my great sponsors. You got to support the sponsors who support the show. That's how we keep this thing moving, and of course, it's always going to be free as long as we do Zaslow Show 2.0, which, like I said, is never going away, no matter how much national or how much ESPN radio I do, which I'm going to be doing a lot more now coming up. Anyway, we're going to talk, we'll, we'll, we'll update you a little bit on the Heat, the Heat do play tonight, the Panthers, oh, fantastic, I was in Utah this past week, I'll, I'll, I'll do a little bit of that coming up, but let, and of course, Our Week 18 NFL Rundown. We got to let everybody know exactly what Super Wildcard Weekend looks like. All right, so there's a lot happening. But we knew going into these final three games, all the talk all throughout the season, the Dolphins are frauds. You could take care of that business yourself. Just win the games that are in front of you. You couldn't help it if all the team, they have no wins against a team that's over 500. You can only play who's on your schedule. And we're going to get to a place, specifically the final three games of the season, where you're going to find out about this team. 
And what we found out was, yes, you can't ignore the injuries. But we've also found out they're not quite good enough. And maybe we got a little bit excited during the season, middle of the season, specifically 9-3 and three, heading into that Tennessee game. But this team is not where we thought, not necessarily not where they were supposed to be, because remember how far we've come. I mean, they just hired Mike McDaniel last year, which means they were a team that was not headed in the right direction just two seasons ago. You would have thought that maybe they were a little ahead of schedule then, and as it turns out, yeah, I guess they were, because they're not quite good enough. We've All the talk about them being a fraud... You've been able to push back a bit against that if the Dolphins were going to perform these final three games, and the truth is, they didn't. This team is not where we thought they were. They're not quite as good as we hoped they were. That's been proven. Injuries or no injuries. That has been proven these last few weeks. You gotta be fair. There's no other way to look at that. So, with that out of the way, This season, unfortunately, and I mean, just think about that, by the way. Going into that Tennessee game, which was the, uh, I bet two games this year. Raider game, they won. uh, Not a good performance. And of course, the Titan game. Fucking disaster. But going into that game, 9-3. and Think about how you were feeling going into that game at 9-3 and and how you feel right now. Like, it's, it's almost crazy. I mean... Yes, you could say same old Dolphins, so it's not crazy. That's why I say it's almost crazy. It's almost crazy. What a stark contrast. Monday Night Football, 9-3, and three, Tennessee Titans. How you felt walking into that stadium. How I felt walking into that stadium. And how we feel right now for a season that is going to be remembered as this team choking away the AFC East. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's an incredibly... Tough pill to swallow. This season, you know, I I always like to go back to 2003. I brought this up several times. 20 years ago, right? 2003, the last time going into the final couple games of the season that the Miami Dolphins controlled their own destiny as far as the number one overall seed in the AFC. And that's the way you got to do it. You got to host as many playoff games as possible. I don't want to hear about the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers. They were a wild card team. They won the Super Bowl. Eli Manning, New York Giants. They were a wild card team. Won the Super Bowl. It, it's the same thing as bringing up, oh, you, you don't need a, a big time quarterback. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Those are anomalies. To get to the Super Bowl, you need home playoff games. And 20 years ago in 2003, like the most hurt I'd ever been was the Dolphins having control of their own fate when at Minnesota and at New England and you're going to finish 12-4 and and you're the number one overall seed. Instead, they lost both those games, finished 10-6, and missed the playoffs entirely. That's the worst I've ever felt as a Dolphin fan. Fast forward 20 years later, we're in just about the exact same spot. And it's not the exact same because... This team, at least, is in the dance. They're in the playoffs. But this team, 20 straight, 20 years later, win your final two games, and you're the number one overall seed in the AFC. They get their shit kicked in at Baltimore, and a terrible performance yesterday 
choking away the AFC, <coughs> excuse me, AFC East to the rival Buffalo Bills. It's almost the exact same as 20 years ago. The only difference, this team is still in the playoffs, but now it's it's going to take three, no home playoff games. None. Can't happen. I do wonder though, how did you approach the game yesterday mentally? And what I mean by that is, I'm doing game day yesterday. And we want Jacksonville to win. Because if Jacksonville loses, Pittsburgh and Buffalo both clinch playoff berths. Pittsburgh sitting around watching because they won the day before. Buffalo sitting around and watching because they're playing at night. Both would clinch playoff spots if Jacksonville loses. We wanted Jacksonville to win because then if the Dolphins win, if they lose, they're going to KC no matter what. But if Jacksonville wins and the Dolphins win, they host Pittsburgh in the first round. That that sounds great. But if Jacksonville loses, which they did, we host Buffalo two weeks in a row. Obviously, it feels really hard to beat Buffalo two straight weeks. So, are you thinking yourself... And, and look, in a vacuum... Would you rather have to beat Buffalo two times in a row at home, or would you rather win at Kansas City? And in a vacuum, I think you'd rather win at Kansas City. I think that's the easier scenario. And and the way that I look at it is, okay, if the Dolphins did beat Buffalo yesterday, oh, how are they going to beat them two times in a row? Well, they're going to get back Mostert. They're going to get back Waddle. We're going to be better to be a completely different team almost. So... I feel like we could beat Buffalo two times in a row. But overall, even if you think it's easier to win at Kansas City than to beat Buffalo at home two times in a row, you need the home playoff games. That's what it boils down to. So maybe it softens the blow a little bit that they lost yesterday and you feel they have a better chance of winning at Kansas City than at home against Buffalo. But winning two home games against Buffalo... As hard as that would be, is infinitely easier than now winning three road games to get to the Super Bowl. It's not even close. That's the biggest problem with yesterday. As hard as it feels to beat Buffalo those two times, it's not even close to as difficult as the road in front of the Dolphins now. And that's the part that's so frustrating. Because our expectations changed in the middle of the season, right? You went from going into the year, making the postseason, winning a postseason game, that's a great goal. But at 9-3 and three going into the Tennessee game, the expectations were different. Hell, the expectations were different five or six games into the season when the Dolphins scored 70 on Denver, when this Dolphin team offensively was amazing. The expectations changed. So it's not about, hey, I think it'd be easier to win at Kansas City than to beat Buffalo two weeks in a row at home. The The goal of this season was not to... It, it, it changed. The goal of the season changed from winning a playoff game being a success to, yeah, this team should get to the Super Bowl. We've been talking about this all throughout the year. Are the Dolphins a Super Bowl contender? Not are they a contender to win a wild card game. Are they a contender to win? Are they a contender to get to the Super Bowl? So 
Who cares what the easier game is? Wild Card Weekend hosting Buffalo or at Kansas City. And by the way, the injuries are a huge factor. I think the Dolphins can win in Kansas City next week. But do I think the Dolphins can get to the Super Bowl? Do I think the Dolphins can get to the Super Bowl three road games versus getting to the Super Bowl with at least two home playoff games? Nope. I don't believe that anymore. And that's why this season is going to... If it doesn't already, that's why this season now feels like a dud. Expectations changed, and the talk had to become, can this team win a Super Bowl? I don't care about winning a wild card game. I care about this team getting to the Super Bowl. And that's what was on the line yesterday. Not winning a playoff game, that's not what it's about anymore. On the line yesterday was getting to the Super Bowl. And to do that, you needed to win the AFC East, and you needed to host two playoff games. That's the bottom line. And look, the Dolphins are up 14-7 at halftime. I did not feel good at halftime. And I definitely did not feel like holding Buffalo to just seven points was an accomplishment. Zaslow, what are you talking about? That offense, that Buffalo offense, the entire first half, they marched down the field. Every possession. They had two terrible Josh Allen turnovers. The interception to Eli Apple, awful. The interception to Deshaun Elliott, great play by Elliott, but awful decision from Josh Allen. And then another terrible decision by Allen, which, by the way, very similar to the way the game ended in the regular season last year against Buffalo, where the clock ran out on them needing a touchdown. And then Ken Dorsey totally spazzed out in the booth. Everybody remembers that. So Josh Allen, two long drives end in interceptions in the end zone. Another drive was a touchdown drive. And you also had Josh Allen throwing the ball over the middle, tackled in bounds. Great play by Jerome Baker. Clock runs out. Four possessions there in the first half. Buffalo marched down the field. And three of those times, because of awful decisions by Josh Allen, they didn't score. So yeah, the Dolphins are ahead 14-7 at halftime. I didn't feel good. I didn't feel good at all. And here's how I was feeling the whole second half. Especially the fourth quarter. Especially the fourth quarter. Even though he had a poor game. Both quarterbacks were bad. Even though he had a poor game. It always felt like Josh Allen was doing whatever it takes to carry his team to a win. I never felt that way about Tua yesterday. When the Dolphins had the ball in the second half. Specifically when they had the ball in the fourth quarter. Did you feel like... It's two a time. He's going to take them down the field. They get the huge turnover from Christian Wilkins. They get the huge stop on the, on the fourth down stand. Did it feel like Tua is taking this game? Is taking control, is taking the game in his hands, and is going to win it for you? When Josh Allen had the ball in the fourth quarter, and really the entire half, all the scrambling, the breaking tackles, all of it, It always, even though he had a shit game and his turnovers are a major problem for Buffalo, it always felt like Josh Allen was going to carry this team to a win, 
no matter what he was going to do, whatever it takes out there. And I love Tua. You didn't feel that way about Tua yesterday. Josh Allen was carrying that team no matter what. Even if he's shit, I'm still going to will this team to a win. You don't feel that way about Tua. And that's not me saying move on from Tua or anything like that. Not at all. Like, not even close. Not even close. And Tua's going to get paid this offseason, okay? And I know Dolphin fans are angry at Tua right now, and that's fine. Maybe it'll change next week when they go to Kansas City and they win at the champs in Patrick Mahomes. And Tua wins his first ever playoff game. Tua's going to appear in his first ever playoff game. We'll see. But in the huge moments, Tua has not been great. And you don't feel... I, I've, I've told you this before. My One of my biggest things with Tua, he's super accurate. He throws a great ball. I'm a Tua guy, but you got to be fair. He has to make something happen after those stops. After Wilkins gets the turnover, after they stop Josh Allen inside two minutes. He's the number five overall pick. He's drafted to be a franchise quarterback. He's in his fourth year in the league. He has the weapons. Had a healthy offensive line yesterday. A-Chan, Jeff Wilson, they're, they're doing a fine job yesterday, even without Mostert. You got Tyreek Hill. I understand he left the game. He wasn't in on the final play. But it, Tua was drafted to specifically be the guy in the fourth quarter with the division on the line. He was drafted specifically to be the guy who takes control of the game. Josh Allen, you felt like, was carrying his team in that fourth quarter. You didn't feel that way about Tua. And, like I said, I'm not wavering in my support for Tua. You're not going to hear me. You got to move on. You got to trade him. Any kind of bullshit like that. Because that's bullshit. It's it's bullshit. You're not going to hear that from me. But Tua, my biggest criticism of Tua, he's very accurate. He throws a great ball. But he doesn't make those magical plays. He doesn't make those magical plays when everything breaks down. He's got to scramble. If something gets thrown off, can you count on him to improvise? Josh Allen, and you saw yesterday, especially on that fourth down, on that scramble to pick up the first down right before they didn't get the next fourth down. Oh, it was third and 17 or something. Josh Allen is capable of making those magical plays. The improvisation. Tua doesn't make those magical plays. And you needed that yesterday, and you don't get it from him. And when you're drafted that high to be a franchise quarterback, and you're getting paid what the Dolphins are going to pay him, and they should, you have to win those games yesterday. That's what yesterday called for was Tua making the magical plays. And he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. Now, there's other blame to go around. You want to talk about Mike McDaniel and abandoning the run in the second half? Look, Buffalo changed up their defense. Okay. And even if it's, oh, they should have run the ball more. This offense has been amazing all year. Tua led the league in yards. You got Tyreek Hill. 
having the ball into his hands and trying to get to the ball, get the ball to his best playmakers, Tyreek Hill, and in other games, Jalen Waddle. I understand sometimes you want to run the ball more. It's not like it's a bad thing to put the ball in your best player's hands. So I'm not going to be critical about that in the second half when that's what the defense was calling for, how Buffalo is playing you. But Tyreek Hill's not without blame. Let's be honest. Three games, just off the top of my head, three games, he has had major blunders. He had the fumble against Kansas City late in the first half, returned for a touchdown, 21-0. They lose 21-14. It cost them the game. It, it lost them that game against Kansas City. You had the drop touchdown in Baltimore last week. The momentum completely swung at that point as the Dolphins were ahead at that juncture of the game. Yesterday, that third down in the fourth quarter, Tyreek Hill straight up dropped the ball. Dolphins have to punt. And by the way, on the final drive where Tyreek Hill, he draws the pass interference, he still should have caught that ball. And if he did, there was all kinds of open space. It may have been a touchdown to tie the game. Tyreek Hill has some major drops this season that have cost his team games. It's true. You got to be fair and point that out. And this offense hasn't done shit all year long against a good team. Both games against Buffalo, they score 20, they score 14. Against Kansas City, they score 14. Against Philadelphia, they score 17. Against Baltimore, they scored 19. This offense hasn't done shit against the good teams. Nothing. And in the second half, when the defense did make two major plays, the Wilkins fumble, the fourth down stop, the offense, and Tua did nothing. I told you, I'm a Tua guy. But you gotta be fair. He doesn't make the magical plays. And yesterday... The defense, I didn't, the defense was not good in the first half. I already told you that. The defense made two major stops in the second half. The offense needs to come through in that spot. You have to. And yes, the injuries play a major factor, no doubt about it. But this team, <coughs> they lost three of their last five games to blow a three-game division lead. It's inexcusable. And that's why it feels like I did 20 years ago when they had a chance for the number one spot and they totally blew it. And this team was better than that one. Let's be honest. The goal was to win a Super Bowl. You can't win a Super Bowl playing three road games. Can't do it. This team was three home wins away. Going into yesterday, this team was three home wins away from going to the AFC Championship game. Win yesterday, win wild card at home, win divisional round at home. They were three home wins away from the AFC Championship. And now, they're three road games away from getting to the Super Bowl. They choked it away. The reality is, we know about this team now. We were going to find out, and now we know. Three monster games to finish the season. Blown out in one, played very poor, and lost at home with everything on the line two of the three games. <coughs> this se- We found out they're not good enough. Right now, they're not good enough. This season is a dud. Plain and simple. 
plain and simple. This what what was a fun season, almost the entire a really fun season, almost the entire way through will be remembered as a dud. Because you can't go to the Super Bowl having to play three road games. They went one in five against teams with a winning record, and now have to go on the road three times against teams with a winning record. They're done. And this season is a big disappointment. I'm sorry. You, you wake up like, oh, it says though. Maybe you'll make me feel a little bit better. I can't do it. If I'm going into the postseason and I'm saying this team is done, it's a major disappointment. They're not done as far as can they win a playoff game. They could win next week in KC. The goals win. The goals at least get to the Super Bowl. They're done. Can't happen. Not possible. And that makes this season a dud. And look, I, I'm not saying they can't win in Kansas City, but this season was not about winning one playoff game. It was about the Super Bowl, and it's not possible now. And the season's also a dud because the Dolphin fan deserved to attend a home playoff game. Maybe two. I told my son he wanted to buy tickets to go to the Jets game a couple weeks ago. I'm like, no, no, no. Save your money. I'll save my money. We're going to go to a playoff game. So much better. Not even possible. It's gone. Dolphin fan deserved to see a home playoff game this year. Didn't get it last year. Not getting it this year. And on top of it, here's also what makes this really tough to swallow. What was the major, the number one concern going into this season? The, the, the number one concern in regards to the Dolphins' success. Can Tua stay healthy? He started 17 games. Got through the whole season. Was never knocked out of a game. He started 17 games. And it wasn't good enough. Wildcard team. Doesn't even get you a home playoff game. It's like they wasted the healthy to a season. And that's really tough to swallow. Really tough. Now we do have some other NFL news, by the way. You got two coaches who are already fired. Black Monday. You guys know how that goes. Two coaches already filed, fired. Tell you about that in a moment here. None of us probably slept well last night. None of us got that good sleep. Even if you had sheets and giggles, I'm not sure it would have helped. But if you don't have sheets and giggles, hey, there's every other night you want to make sure you get the good sleep. Go to sheetsgiggles.com and you're going to get the softest, coolest, most breathable sheets out there. Sheets and Giggles, one of our great sponsors here on Zaslow Show 2.0. Been with us for about, uh, about seven or eight months and I'm getting the best sleep of my life since Sheets and Giggles joined on. That's right, my man Colin, founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles. I got the blanket. He sent me a, 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 the pillowcases, the sheets, the comforter. Oh my God, it's my favorite comforter. I sleep on a eucalyptus pillow. And as a result, every night, not last night, because last night we're all upset. But every other night, I'm getting the best sleep of my life. And the Zaslow family are now four, it's four of us, of over 100,000 Americans who sleep on sheets and giggles and are never turning back. Get the best sleep of your life. Surprise your spouse. Surprise your kids. Surprise your friends. Hey, maybe just treat yourself. Sheetsgiggles.com. And if you use promo code Zazlow, you'll get 20% of checkout off your first order. Promo code Zazlow. 20% off your first order. Sheetsgiggles.com. So, two coaches already fired. Arthur Smith in Atlanta, Ron Rivera in Washington. Neither is a surprise. But the big story that we're waiting on, apparently they're meeting today, Bill Belichick. Bel- and, you know, we got our NFL rundown coming up. We'll get to all that. 
The big story, though, is Belichick. Everyone swears he's out. I'm not 100% sure, but everyone swears he's out. And I have zero sympathy. I like that his tenure in New England is ending the way it is. And I definitely don't sit on the side of he deserves to go out the way that he wants to go out. Well, we already know who was more important to that franchise, Bill Belichick or Tom Brady. Did Tom Brady get to go out the way he wants? No. He was forced out by Belichick. Why would Belichick get to go out the way he wants? I hope they fire him. Now, it's not going to say fired. To be mutually agree. Even though post-game yesterday, Belichick was like, you know, uh, you know, sit down, we'll see what's best for everybody. And he, he didn't sound like he doesn't want to coach the Patriots anymore. I would love for them to fire him. That's not going to wind up being the case. But two coaches already canned here on Black Monday. The one that we're waiting for is obviously Bill Belichick. Now, as far as the Heat go, the Heat went to... Oh, so I was in Utah this past week, right? The Zaslow family, we're a skiing family. So I was in Utah this past week. Had a great time. We skied Wednesday. We skied Thursday. We skied Friday. Great dinners, snowmobiling, all that good stuff. And I'll tell you, I didn't miss a single Heat game or Panther game there. Why? Well, look, when it gets to the end of the day, when you're skiing, you're exhausted by, like, we go out to dinner, we get home from dinner, 8.30, 9 o'clock, whatever, you're exhausted. So we're back at the resort, at the hotel, and the best part, the Heat and Panthers were both on road trips in different time zones. The Panthers we're on a mountain time slash West Coast trip. The Heat, we're on a West Coast trip. So when the Heat are in the la- at the Lakers, a 10-30 game here, it was 7-30 when I was out. And by the way, I got that Bally app on my iPad. So we're back in the hotel room, 8 o'clock. I put on the Heat game. There's no such thing as a late game when you're on that side of the country like in Utah. It's amazing. And the Panthers too. Panther game in Vegas instead of a 10 p.m. start. It's a 7 p.m. start. I watched all the games while I was out there, back in the resort, back in the hotel room, after a long day of skiing, after a great dinner. So that shit was money. I loved that. The Heat, 2-3 and three on the road trip, losing three of their last four. Obviously super disappointing. I mean, is Jimmy Butler going to play again this year? He's already been ruled out tonight. They're at the Houston Rockets. But the Panthers, seven in a row. That's what I'm talking about. And these are... Panthers next up tomorrow. They're hosting St. Louis. This Panther team, they're really good. The goaltending is great. We know the defense is pretty good. And they're starting to score now. Kachuk is starting to get going. He's got three goals, I think, maybe in his last four games. Kachuk is starting to get going. Reinhardt, Verhage, Barkov. Man, I had to apologize. I said some things in the first round last year that I didn't mean about Barkov. Boy, is he having a great season. Panthers have won seven in a row, and these are wins against good teams. Remember, they were going into that stretch where they've lost four out of five, and now they got Vegas, Tampa Bay, and the Rangers. It's like, holy shit. Panthers could be in a little bit of trouble here. Well, guess what? They've won seven in a row. They beat Vegas, Tampa Bay, New York. Those are three awesome teams, especially Vegas and New York. Then they beat Montreal. They stink. They beat Arizona. They're average. Then they won at Vegas. Kicked their ass 4-1, to one, 
And then they won at Colorado, who are also awesome, kicked their ass, scoring eight goals at the Avalanche. Panthers have won seven in a row. They're fucking awesome. I love it. I can't get enough of them. All right. So, Panthers back in action tomorrow. And and like I said, you got the Heat. The Heat uh, tonight against Houston. By the way, I, I've seen this complaint a lot on social media. And we'll, we'll get to NFL rundown in a second here. I've seen this complaint. So, the Dolphins, it's funny because you're watching the game yesterday on NBC. You know, they're, they're promoting for the first time ever. The NFL playoff game will exclusively be shown streaming on Peacock. And it's like, you should be so excited that the game is on a streaming service. Except like, why would I be excited about that? It means if you don't have that streaming service, you gotta pay for it. It's like, why would I get excited about you making it really difficult for me to watch a playoff game? That's not something that, I felt like the, the, I mean, I don't know how else you want to promote it, but it was kind of tone deaf. Like, no one is excited about the game being on a streaming service. You got to pay for it. Now, I already have Peacock. I don't care. But what I do want to say is, I see a lot of complaining from Dolphin fans on social media about the game being exclusively on Peacock. Two things. Number one, if you're a Dolphin fan in South Florida, the game is not only on Peacock. The game's on locally. It's on NBC6. Your local team is never not on. If it's on a cable channel, like if it's on whatever, it, it could be on, I, I, pick whatever channel. But if it's on a subscription-based channel, cable or streaming, the game is always also on locally. So I see Dolphin fans comment on Facebook, and we, the game's exclusively on Peacock. We can't even watch it. It's not true. The game's on locally, all right? Now, what if you're a Dolphin fan? Now, this hasn't been every Dolphin fan. Local Dolphin fans have been complaining, saying they can't watch the game because it's on Peacock. Not true. But if you're a Dolphin fan who is out of town and you're upset that you can't watch the game because it's on Peacock, listen, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but if you're such a huge Dolphin fan and it's the playoffs, one month's subscription to Peacock is like nine bucks. If you don't have nine bucks... To watch a Dolphin playoff game. I don't know what to tell you. Matter of fact. I do know what to tell you. It means that. You don't need to be so worried about not watching the Dolphin game. There are other many more important things going on in your life. Than not being able to watch the Dolphins. If you can't watch them for $9. Like I said. I don't want to sound like an asshole. But if you're such a huge fan. You got 9 bucks. To watch the Dolphins playoff game. Especially considering you're out of town. I mean, you're lucky. It hasn't always been like this. When I was growing up, if you were out of town and you wanted to watch your team, you couldn't necessarily do it at all. At least here you have the option. So, if you're locally, the game is not only on Peacock. It's on locally. And if you're out of town, fork, you know, you love going to Dolphin games, right? Well, it's only costing you nine bucks. Watch this game. It's not that big of a deal. All right, fine. There you go. I said my piece. Before we get to the NFL rundown, guys, you know what might make you feel a little bit better? Treat yourself to a brand new ride. And the only car dealership I'm sending you to is the only car dealership I personally endorse. You know I'm talking about North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. 
At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you are going to be treated like royalty. You're going to get that exceptional experience that you deserve. It's that brand new state-of-the-art facility on North Andrews Avenue. Beautiful building. You can see it from I-95 at the Cypress Creek Road exit. And with an extensive new and pre-owned Subaru inventory, plus used cars, trucks, SUVs of every make and model, you're sure to find your next vehicle at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Plus, all new Subarus and most pre-owned vehicles come with a lifetime warranty, so you know that you're covered. Maybe just looking to get your current vehicle serviced. Luckily for you, at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, they service all makes and models. So you're going to be treated like royalty, whether you're looking for a new ride, you're looking for a used car, or you just want to have your current vehicle serviced. And at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you're always getting the best deals out there. Whatever you're looking for, they're going to help you find the right car, the car that's perfect for you and your family. Go to NFLSubaru.com. That's NFLSubaru.com for more details. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, the location you know with an experience you'll love. You know what might make you feel a little bit better? We're enjoying the college football playoff national championship tonight. You're sitting on your couch. I'll be sitting in the Zaslow Mansion family room. I'll have the national championship on. I'll also be watching the Heat game, of course. Maybe I'll be peeking a little bit of Monday Night Raw. I don't know. I can't predict the future. But an ice-cold Johnny Cuba. That's how we'll be getting down tonight. If you don't know about Johnny Cuba, we're talking European roots with that Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. Official beer. Of Zaslow Show 2.0 at your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco, Moss. I love when you guys take a picture, taking your first sip of that Johnny. You send it over to me. I then post it on Instagram where I'm a huge influencer. And then you become super famous. And then everybody is so happy and we all make all the monies. Go pick up a Johnny Cuba. Enjoy the game tonight. Make sure you always drink responsibly. And of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra. Stay tranquilo. A lot of action over the weekend. Week 18, the NFL regular season. It's in the books. Let's get to our Week 18 NFL rundown. That's right. There you go. We got my music playing. We start things out on Saturday. Saturday, you had a pair of games in the afternoon. The Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers needed to win, and they needed some help. To get into the postseason. Well, no Lamar Jackson. The Ravens sitting a bunch of starters. Najee Harris ran 26 times for 112 yards and a touchdown. Deion Johnson had four catches. Deontay Johnson, excuse me. Four catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. And the Steelers would win in Baltimore 17-10. They're 10-7. The Ravens number one overall seed. The game didn't matter for them. They're 13-4 to end the season. So with 10 wins now, the Steelers, they were in a waiting game, waiting to see what's going to happen the next day as far as their playoff hopes. They needed either a Jaguar loss or a Buffalo loss to qualify for the postseason. Saturday night, the Houston Texans, they were at the Indianapolis Colts. The winner clinches a playoff spot. If they win and Jacksonville loses, then they win the division. Well, the Houston Texans behind C.J. Stroud, who was 20 for 26, 264 yards, two touchdowns. Nico Collins had nine catches for 195 yards, including a 75-yard touchdown on the first play of the game for Houston. 
And Gardner Minshew for Indianapolis, 13 for 24, 141 yards. Jonathan Taylor had 30 carries for 188 yards and a touchdown. But the Texans, their defense would come up with a stop as Indianapolis was driving. They had fourth and short and a pass to the flat to Tyson Goodson. Would have been an easy first down. He drops it with a minute, about a minute to go in the game. And Houston wins 23 to 19. The Texans at 10 and 7. The Colts finish 9 and 8. Houston clinches a playoff spot. They know that. They would have to wait till the next day to find out about the division. Here's the Texans post-game locker room and head coach D'Amico Ryans. Love you guys, man. Yes, sir. You too? Man, proud of the determination, man. You talk about determination, mm. pure grit. Mm. Everybody fight to their last play. Yeah. That's what it's about, man. And we punched our ticket. Hey, now everything starts, right? Everybody oh and no right now. All we want is opportunity. Mm. Opportunity, we got our up. Now, what do we do with that up? Right? We go take advantage of the up again. No doubt about it. Love you guys, man. Love the work. This is a huge accomplishment, man. First time this organization's been to the playoffs since, I think, 2019. All right? Again, nobody matter. it doesn't matter what people say on the outside. It's about the men in this room. Continue to believe in each other. Continue to fight every single snap. We got special people in this room. This is a special group of men. Believe it. Continue to lean on each other. Continue to trust in each other. We can go as far as we want to go. So the Texans, a 23-19 win. They have to wait to see their fate the very next day. But that's probably your coach of the year right there, D'Amico Ryans. Moving on to Sunday, yesterday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If they win against Carolina, they win the NFC South. And they would do just that without even scoring a touchdown. Nine to nothing. What a shit burger of a game. But nonetheless, Baker Mayfield, 20 for 32, 137 yards. Bryce Young, the number one overall pick, led Carolina to a 2-15 and 15 record. He was 11 of 18 for 94 yards yesterday. He, look, you're the number one overall pick. I understand there's going to be struggles. You got to win more than two games. On top of that, he has not looked like an NFL quarterback. I understand there's not a whole lot of help around him, but they become just the fourth team in 30 years to go back-to-back weeks with no points. They were shut out 26-0 last week by Jacksonville, 9-0 this week by Tampa Bay. You're the number one overall pick. There's been a lot of rookie quarterbacks over the last 30 years, and only four of them have been shut out in back-to-back weeks. Bryce Young is one of them. Terrible job, and they have to fork over the number one overall pick to Chicago. You have to you have to have serious doubts about Bryce Young moving forward. I know he's just a rookie, but there's no two ways about it. Bucks win 9-0, 9-8. They are your NFC South champions. Here's Buccaneers head coach Todd Bowles in the postgame locker room. Hey, guys, that's a hell of a job going back. To back, to back. Let's go. We take teamwork to see when we got to be in. If we play Sunday or Monday, we'll come in on Wednesday. If we got to play Saturday, we'll come in on Tuesday. That's a hell of a job, guys. We got the whole game. Yeah. 
field game balls, but we won the division for the third straight time. Yeah. Everybody! Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to burst anybody's bubble. I'm super proud of you guys. I love you guys. Defense, we appreciate you. We ain't scored in eight quarters offense. We got to be better going to the playoffs. We can celebrate, be excited about this third straight division. We got to put some points on the board. Let's go. I love you guys. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. A few games yesterday that were meaningless, and one of them was between the Bengals and Browns. The Bengals win 31-14. to You had... Jeff Driscoll, the former Gator quarterback, starting for the Cleveland Browns. Joe Flacco, he did not play. The Bengals finished their season. What feels like a lost season because of Joe Burrow's injury, they finish at 9-8. and eight. The Browns finish at 11-6. and six. They were locked in to the number 5 seed no matter what. They're going to play at the AFC South champion. Jake Browning was 18-24 for 156 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Joe Mixon ran the ball 14 times, had 111 yards and a touchdown. He did have a six-yard touchdown reception as well. Another game, but well, the Detroit Lions, there wasn't anything to gain for Detroit. For Minnesota, they needed to win and needed a bunch of other teams to lose. The Lions would win 30-20, but it came with a cost. As Sam Laporta left the game late in the first half with an apparent knee injury, his status moving forward is obviously very much in question. That is a very damaging loss for Detroit as Laporta became just the third rookie tight end in NFL history with 10-plus touchdown catches. The other two, Rob Gronkowski and Mike Ditka. The Lions win 30-20 behind Jared Goff's 23 for 32, 320 yards and two touchdowns. Amon Ross St. Brown at seven catches for 144 yards and a touchdown. Nick Mullins, 30 for 44, 396 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Justin Jefferson had 12 catches for 192 yards and a touchdown. The Lions finished the year 12 and 5, the Vikings 7 and 10. The New York Jets snap a 15-game losing streak at the new against the New England Patriots. They win in New England 17-3. It was a snow game. Awful weather. Trevor Simeon was 8 of 20 for 70 yards. But Brees Hall, 37 carries for 178 yards and a touchdown. Bailey Zappi was 12 for 30 for 88 yards and two interceptions. How about this? If it's Bill Belichick's last game on the sidelines of the New England Patriots, his final game is... A Patriot team scoring just three points. A Patriot team gaining a total of just 120 yards. And a Patriot team that ends up losing their 15-game winning streak against the rival New York Jets. You love to see it. Fuck Bill Belichick. Jets win 17-3. They finish 7-10. The Patriots will have the number three overall pick in the draft. They were 4-13. and 13. I told you this Patriot team was going to be terrible. I'm not right about a whole lot, but I knew the Patriots were going to be absolutely awful. And they lose for the 13th time this season. Here was the Brees Hall touchdown. The Jets hoping to finish off this game as Hall carries again. Gets a first down, motoring down the sideline. It's still going, and in for a Jets touchdown. And Brees Hall with the finishing touches. Atlanta and New Orleans had a lot to play for yesterday as 
a win could get them the NFC South Championship. That was if Tampa Bay had lost. We now know that Tampa Bay won, but the Saints, they still had a way in if they got a lot of help. And after a game that was tied at 17 early in the third quarter, the Saints just blow out the Falcons, 48-17. to Derek Carr was 22 for 28, 264 yards and four touchdowns. Desmond Ritter with Taylor Heineke out, he got the start. He was 22 for 30, 291 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Bijan Robinson had seven catches for 103 yards and a touchdown. He also had 28 yards rushing. The Saints, they don't get the help that they need. They win 48-17, they finish 9-8, the Falcons 7-10, and, and they were eliminated from postseason contention. And you had a very contentious postgame handshake between Arthur Smith and Dennis Allen as the score was 41-17 with a minute left. Jameis Winston checks in the game for Derek Carr and instead of taking a knee, hands the ball off to Jamal Williams. He scores 48-17. Arthur Smith was very angry with Dennis Allen after the game. We'll get to more of that later on here. The Tennessee Titans, the biggest story of the early window of games yesterday, took place in Tennessee as the Titans ruin the Jaguars' season. All the Jags had to do was win against a five-win Tennessee Titan team, and they win the AFC South. Instead, the Titans win 28-20, and the Jags' season is over. Ryan Tannehill. Possibly his final game as a Titan, 17 for 26, 168 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Derrick Henry, possibly his last game as a Titan, 19 carries for 153 yards and a touchdown. Here was Derrick Henry post game. It was definitely fun. Um, felt like the old days again. Um, this was a, a great way to go out, especially against a division opponent, an opponent that I grew down the street, you know, watching and. Um, you know, looking at and, you know, following as a kid growing up. So, you know, it was kind of all full circle, um, which is great that we were able to finish with the win and finish with class, like Coach said. On a fourth and inches late in the game, Trevor Lawrence was stuffed. They had no timeouts left. Tennessee ran out the clock. Lawrence was 29 for 43, 280 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Calvin Ridley had six catches for 106 yards and a touchdown. The Titans finished 6-11. and The Jags 9-8. and And their season is over after losing five of their last six games. The Seattle Seahawks, they still had a way into the playoffs. They needed to win, and they needed a lot of help. They did their part. They beat the Cardinals 21-20, but they did not get the help that they needed. Geno Smith, 16 for 28, 189 yards and two touchdowns. Kyler Murray, 22 for 30, 262 yards and a touchdown. James Conner had 27 rushes for 150 yards and a touchdown. Four catches for 54 yards. The Seahawks season ends at 9 and 8. The Cardinals were 4 and 13. The Green Bay Packers, a win and they're in the postseason. They do manage to beat the Chicago Bears 17 to 9. And this long pass from Jordan Love would help the Packers ice the game. As Love goes down the way for another big play. It's Reed sprinting. Reed runs into Jackson and gets shoved out at about the 12 or 13 yard line. Another huge gain. The biggest of the day, in fact, for the Packers. Love was 27 for 32 for 316 yards and two touchdowns. It certainly appears the Packers have found their new quarterback. Aaron Jones, 22 carries for 111 yards. 
Justin Fields. Was this his last game as a Chicago Bear? As they have the number one overall pick. Fields was 11 for 16 for 148 yards. He had 27 yards rushing. Packers win 17-9. They finish 9-8. The Bears finish 7-10. The Kansas City Chiefs. This game had no consequence. Blaine Gabbert was the starting quarterback for Kansas City against Easton Stick for the Chargers. The Chiefs win with a field goal at the end, 13-12. Gabbert was 15 for 30 for 154 yards and an interception. The Chiefs 11-6, the Chargers 5-12. Another game that meant nothing, the Vegas Raiders beat the Denver Broncos 27-14. Both teams finished the year 8-9. Aiden O'Connell was 20 for 31 for 244 yards and two touchdowns. Jared Stidham, 20 for 34, 272 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. The Philadelphia Eagles, they were 10 and 1. They finished losing five of their last six, including a 27 to 10 Giants win. The Giants finished the year 6 and 11. The Eagles, 11 and 6. It drops them to the fifth seed. They were 10 and 1. They don't even win the division. Tyrod Taylor was 23 for 32, 297 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Saquon Barkley, 18 carries for 46 yards and two touchdowns. He had two catches for 51 yards. Marcus Mariota had to enter the game for Jalen Fields, who broke his finger. He was 13 for 20 for 148 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And the Eagles look like they are in big trouble. The Los Angeles Rams, they defeat the San Francisco 49ers who had nothing to play for, 21-20. The Rams were playing for seeding. They finished the year 10-7, while the Niners were 12-5. Carson Wentz was 17 for 24. That's right, Carson Wentz got the start for the Rams. 17 for 24, 163 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. He had 56 yards rushing and a touchdown on the ground. Rookie wide receiver Puka Nakua set the rookie receiving yards record here he is post i guess we're just it's just the rams that's just the the culture that uh, coach mcveigh has built and the 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 confidence that our leaders have been been able to brew um within this team and it's been super sweet that uh, john johnson's back there um, in the locker room and he's one of the veteran guys and he's talking about uh, when's the last time we had just beat the 49ers here um and uh, it was a, it was a while ago i think i was maybe a freshman or sophomore in high school um but for them to to set the example um for us young guys and uh, for us to be able to for them to allow us to kind of grow into our own has been sweet because i feel like we're hitting our stride and we're we're connecting um, as a team more than ever right now so it feels good and we're hitting our stride and we're just getting started the rams end up locking up the number six seed as a result of that victory and finally the dallas cowboys a 38 to 10 win over the commanders Dak Prescott was 31 for 36, 279 yards, and here was one of his four touchdowns. Third down, Prescott stands in, going for the corner for Cook. He's got it. It's another touchdown, Cowboys. The win locks up the NFC East in the number two seed for the Cowboys, who finished 12 and 5. The Commanders 4 and 13. CeeDee Lamb, 13 catches for 98 yards and two touchdowns. And that right there is our Week 18 NFL Rundown. And so here's what we have as far as our schedule for Super Wild Card Weekend. In the AFC, actually, we may as well... Well, no, yeah, let's just do it like this. In the AFC, number two, Buffalo, hosts number seven, Pittsburgh. Number three, Kansas City, we know, hosts number six, Miami. And number four, Houston, hosts number five, Cleveland, 
Baltimore has the bye. Buffalo and Pittsburgh is Sunday at 1 p.m. Kansas City and Miami is Saturday night at 8.15. We already told you about that. And Houston and Cleveland is Saturday at 4.30. In the NFC, San Francisco gets the bye. Number two, Dallas host number seven, Green Bay. Number three, Detroit host number six, Los Angeles Rams. How about that? Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit for a playoff game against Jared Goff, who, of course, won a Super Bowl. No, went to a Super Bowl with the Los Angeles Rams. And number four, Tampa Bay hosts number five, Philadelphia. Dallas Green Bay is Sunday at 4.30. Detroit Los Angeles is Sunday 8.15. And Tampa Bay Philadelphia is Monday night football next Monday at 8 p.m. And there you have it. I'm sorry I can't make you feel better. I, I, I really am. Look, I, I I do think the Dolphins have a chance. To, they're a three-and-a-half-point dog right now, I think. I do think they have a chance next week in Kansas City. But it's not, like I said, it's not about having a chance to win a playoff game. And I don't feel good because they haven't won a playoff game in 23 years. But it, this season was about getting to the Super Bowl. And that's fucked at this point. All right. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. We'll start things out here. How about this? The Los Angeles Lakers, they snapped a four-game skid last night with a win against the Clippers. But the game before that, which they lost, how about LeBron James? I mean, he's so passive-aggressive. Like, this is the kind of stuff where, okay, is he a great teammate? Yeah, he he is a really good teammate. But also sometimes, he's a really fucking shitty teammate. And he didn't pull this shit in Miami. Because in Miami, he wasn't in charge. He's in charge everywhere else he goes. And after the game the other night, talking about how Bronny, his son, who comes off the bench for USC and is probably not an NBA prospect, says that Bronny could play. Not only does it say that Bronny could play for the Lakers right now, but Bronny can play for the Lakers right now. Easy. Easy he could play for the Lakers. This is, this is a big deal because it's so insulting to the guys who play for the Lakers. It's like, man, you guys suck. This is why we're losing games. And my son is better than you guys. He could easily play ahead of you. It's so passive-aggressive. It's so disrespectful to the other guys on the team. It's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So how about Dennis Allen? Dennis Allen, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. Now, the Saints won the game against the Falcons. But Jameis Winston comes in the game with under a minute left. The score is 41-17. Falcons just turned the ball over on their own one. You would think that the Saints would just kneel down the ball. Matter of fact, Dennis Allen called for victory formation. But instead, Jameis Winston, and and Jameis Winston told the coach that it was a team decision. They ignored the victory formation play call, and they made a decision as a team, you know, in the huddle, to hand the ball off to Jamal Williams, who had not scored a touchdown this year. He scores 48-17. That's your final. And then the post-game handshake, Arthur Smith from the Falcons was very angry. Now, we already know he's fired. He got fired today. Arthur Smith was very, very angry. Here's Dennis Allen after the game. That game, that's not who we are. That's not how we operate. Uh, we should have taken a knee, so uh, I'm going to apologize to them. Because, um, look, we're all, like, it, it, it's, we got a good rivalry, um, and, it, and it's a heated rivalry. But there's a way we go about doing our business, and I wasn't happy about that. So, other than that, 
Okay, I was happy about a lot of things that happened in the game. All right, so in, in the grand scheme of things, this is not a big deal. But I will say, you know I hate this word. Dennis Allen says, that's not who we are. That's not the kind of team we are. And he, he's apologizing. Dennis, that's exactly the type of team you are. Jameis Winston told you that as a team, they decided to go against your play call and score the touchdown. That's literally the type of team you are. The team decided that's what they want to do. All right, big deal or not a big deal. Nick Wright, FS1, first things first. Now, we all know Joy Taylor is the star of FS1 on FS1 Speak. But I also I also kind of I also like first things first. And I think Nick Wright is very good. So how about this cold take though? This is back when the Bills were 6 and 6. Here's Nick Wright. You seem to have the door open for them making the playoffs. Vegas gives them a 17% chance. The smart people at DVOA, Aaron Schatz and company, give them a 14% chance. I'm here to tell you it's a 0% chance. Because here's the reason people are giving them a chance is because they're like, well, if they win five straight. Guys, they're not a good enough team to win five straight. If you win six of 12, if it's going to be December and you win every other game. You're not, as your schedule all of a sudden turns hardest, going to all of a sudden turn it on. Right now, if I were to tell you, in order to make the playoffs, the Green Bay Packers have to go five, have to win all the rest of their games. Would you believe in it? The Rams, the Saints, the Falcons. But you know in what fairness, they all have in common? Those they, teams aren't close to. I mean, in fairness, they don't have the quarterback that this team right, has. But they don't have the recent history the, that this team has. I understand has. that, but what they do have is six losses, mm. like this team. They are looking up in the standings at Denver and the Colts. At some point, we have to kind of remove ourselves from our priors and say, if through 12 weeks, without the league's toughest gauntlet of a schedule, you have alternated wins and losses. If all year long you have won one game outside of outside of your home field and it was against Washington, yeah. you're not all of a sudden going to rip off five in a row, which is Look, what they'd have to do. I'm going not a big deal. I mean, that's going to get a lot of attention today. Everyone thought the Bills were done at 6-6. Six and six. And it's funny because several teams he mentioned there that were done ended up making the postseason. Anyway, I'm going not a big deal. And finally, big deal or not a big deal, so... Draymond Green, his suspension, his indefinite suspension is over. He served a 12-game suspension and ended up being, but he didn't play last night. He was sitting on the bench not in uniform. Well, how about this today? Adrian Wojnarowski's got a story, and it says here, in a new edition of the Draymond Green show, Golden State star suggests that Adam Silver talked him out of retirement. Quote, I told him, Adam, this is too much for me. It's all becoming too much for me, and I'm going to retire. And Adam Silver then apparently had to talk Draymond out of it. I mean, is this... This is not a big deal. Is this where we're supposed to feel sympathy for the guy who can't stop committing violent acts and trying to hurt people while playing a game? Is this where we're supposed to feel bad for Draymond Green? I mean, get the fuck out of here. This is not a big... Retire! Bye! See ya! The, the league will be safer. This is not a big deal. And that right there is another edition of Big Deal. Not a big deal. Today's show brought to you in part by Bet Online. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. I, I, I hope you enjoyed the show. I, I know I didn't make anyone feel better. I don't know. Tomorrow we'll start looking toward the Kansas City game. Well, I, 
It's such a bummer. All right. I'm, I'm sorry. Hey, maybe we'll start the show tomorrow in the Heat. You know, the Heat have lost three of the last four. Can they beat a, a pretty good Houston Rockets team tonight at Kaseya Center? All right. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. I appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, behind the scenes who all put together another great show. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Zaslow Show 2.0. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six-packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.